Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. We are back in studio. Yeah. Thank you all who tuned in on Friday for my road show. Thankfully, who's back as well? Our good buddy, Producer Joe. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you Today hey, on Monday, it's my so friend. So good to see your smiling face. And this Monday thing, every yes. seven days, it yes. comes back. Monday, Monday. I know. Every I know. Seven I know. Days. It's, Monday's like uh, a plague on humankind. What? Although Monday, you have to agree, for us is uh, always. I think it's always the best show uh, because there's so much weekend content. <laughs> I send Paula probably thirty stories. She's like, "Dude, what are you gonna use? Yeah. Just uh, come on, we're running out of time." My smoke alarm went off at two o'clock in the morning. Woke up the whole house. Me and Paula didn't fall asleep till five o'clock in the morning. So she, we got up a little late because I needed some sleep. I went back to bed after Fox and Friends my morning hit. Yeah. And she's like, "Just give me the stories." So I've got a stack show for you to run down quick here antifa Ugh. no question in my mind a terror group right now also as joe called them uh before the show they are uh it's the double p's we'll have to leave that for an un- <laughs> for a not safe for work show another day but it was very funny antifa update john solomon blows it up this weekend oh, on maria bartiromo joe. more spygate stuff um also some White House stuff about the Obama administration and PolitiFact, or Pundit Fact, I should say, blows it again. Stay tuned. All right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at G-Code, best holsters yeah. out there. G-Code, we love G-Code. Go to range5.com for the best holsters out there. Like many of you, I am an owner of a firearm. Many firearms, as a matter of fact. I carry a six-hour uh, P365. Love it. Great firearm. Now, a great firearm requires a great holster. Ladies and gentlemen, cheap holsters, frankly, can be dangerous. You don't want them getting snagged. You don't want it with your, your carrying, if your pocket carrying, you don't want the, God forbid, the trigger to get snagged because you have a poorly designed holster. Good holsters are imperative. Do yourself a favor and go pick up a G-Code holster today at range, the number 5.com, range5.com. You get 15% off with promo code Bongino. For more than 20 years, G-Code has produced what many, including me, consider to be the finest holsters in the industry. They lead the pack. They're 100% American-made products, all materials, all components sourced here in the U.S. The owners of G-Code holsters are military vets. They're meticulous about quality, innovation, and workmanship. Excellence drives everything. Not something they do, everything. Every product comes with a lifetime warranty. They will last you for eons. Whether you're military, law enforcement, or civilian, G-Code has a holster for you. Don't get fooled by the fakes. Check out their all, their all new G-Code Phenom in the waistband holster. It is a total game changer. Comfort, concealability, everything. Check out the Phenom. It's a must-have. Again, order online at range5.com. Range, the number 5.com. Range5.com. And use promo code Bongino for 15%. That's a big discount, 15% off using promo code Bongino. All right, let's go. Ah. Nice. Okay. Antifa. The anti-First Amendment group. They are not anti-fascist. I don't care what they call themselves. Antifa stands for anti-First Amendment. That's it. Yep. I don't care what they tell you Antifa stands for. Antifa stands for anti-First Amendment because that's what they do. That is what they are. They are an anti-free speech, speech suppression, ultra-violent group of domestic terrorists. They are a bunch of coward, chump, basement-dwelling, unemployed losers with zero career prospects. As I said this morning on Fox & Friends in an extemporaneous moment of anger directed at these complete buffoon loser tool bags... 
They're professional s'mores roasters. Yep. Um, that's what they do. They sit in mommy's basement with their s'mores. They're about a buck thirty, about maybe a buck ten with seventy pound of uh, sand on their back. <laughs> They've never lifted a weight in their lives. Um, they couldn't throw a punch watching a, a, a tutorial YouTube video twenty minutes long. These are a bunch of lame losers with nothing. They're, sadly, yeah. you know, I say sadly because I mean it. I don't recommend. These are probably kids. I mean this. I'm not joking around. They're probably kids who were bullied a lot in school uh, i mean it i'm yep. not being like a jerk about it right they probably you. are joe I'm, yeah you know and and they don't this is their outlet yes. like because they were bullied a lot instead of realizing that what happened to them was wrong right. and they shouldn't replicate it what they do is because they're probably you know now they're big wusses and they're s'mores roasters instead of adding positively to society yeah. they take out their childhood anger being bullied by p working in packs themselves and going and attacking innocent people contributing to the cycle of violence yep. that's what they do these are losers they're not and by the way if you ever hear anyone say i'm sorry about the rant but this is important by the way, if you can just play in the background some video of Antifa, if you want to check out the video, youtube.com slash Bongino, I'm going to talk you through it on the audio, don't worry. Um, but there's a lot of video I have today. This one, the audio is kind of tough, but this is the Antifa. They're not packs of wolves, by the way, okay? Anyone who calls them like a wolf pack, they pack, well, no, no, they're packs of angry poodles. Um, yep. This is them, we can see them stalking uh, a, a young woman. Uh, by the way, hat tip Elijah Schaefer from the Blaze TV. This is his video. Um, I, by the way, I a Correction, I incorrectly tweeted this weekend um, about the video that it was a 10-year-old. I saw that on Twitter. That's my fault for not fact-checking that, 100% my fault. Apparently, it's a young lady. She's not 10 years old. Um, she's just a little short in stature. Uh, but this is, regardless, it doesn't matter. Um, this is Antifa stalking this woman and this guy following like the pack of angry poodles they are. This is not a wolf pack. This is a pack of chumps. This is yeah. a pack of loser cowards. You can hear kind of some of the sound in the background and the audio. Walk Again, away. if you want to check out the video. Walk away, yeah, they're I telling mean, them. They're, so they're walking away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they are. And yes, keep in mind, this she is Antifa telling them to walk away as they're chasing yes, them yeah. and trying yeah. to beat them. Remember, yeah. only attacking in packs. And if you notice, you watch some of the video, you'll see the guys that are attacking them always look behind them. Yeah. Why? Now, follow me here, folks. You are a coward, You're not you, but try to put yourself in coward, loser, professional s'mores roaster mood for a minute. You, you are a complete chump. You're a loser. You have no career prospects. You have the intellect of, of a dead rabbit. Yeah. You're following these people around. Why are they turning around the Antifa people and looking in reverse to see what's going on? Because the Antifa losers that are getting ready to attack this man and this woman want to make sure they have their buddies behind yeah. them because God forbid the guy that attacks them, they don't want to wind up in a one-on-one -on -one fight <laughs> yep. because they're coward losers. Now, showing you that Antifa, anti-First Amendment, ladies and gentlemen, when you tweet about them, always do what I do. I'm humbly and, request, and respectfully requesting you do this. When you put on Facebook or you put on Twitter, make sure you put every time Antifa, which is shorthand for anti-First Amendment. I write that every time because that's what they are. It's an anti-First Amendment group. They are not anti-fascist. They are fascist. Don't let mm. them gaslight you, okay? Here's some video. A hat tip to the post-millennial. I think it's at uh, post-millennial on Twitter. They took some video this weekend. They are racist, too. Antifa are not only fascists. They're not only cowards and chumps. They are also outright, downright racist thugs. Uh, we have three videos here. Here's the first one here. Here's them. I think this is the one of them calling a black police officer who actually works for a living, mm -hmm. unlike the professional s'mores roasters in Antifa. 
Here's them calling a black police officer uh, disgracefully, calling him an Uncle Tom. Um, and no, listen to kind of now for the audio. You got to listen close on this. A video viewers do it. The sound is kind of low because it's being recorded uh, by people on iPhones and that stuff. But listen to this. Check this out. Race trader. Race trader. The badge designed on them and everything. Okay, sorry, that's actually the video uh, of them calling the black police officer a race traitor. Yeah. A race traitor. Yeah. If, if you're missing the... Yeah. Please watch our YouTube today. I I, I know I, it's an audio podcast and it will always be an audio podcast, but I'm just... I'm, again, I'm, I'm asking with the greatest of respect that you check out our video today, youtube.com slash Bongino. I'd like you to check these out. Again, these videos... Elijah Schaefer and the post-millennial. Uh, go check their Twitter accounts out as well to see the, the originals. They're really, really good. Mm. Here the, is the last one. Now, there's a term here used. Obviously, this show finds abhorrent, obviously hate-filled, disgusting, and you will never hear ever uttered out of the words of our mouths other than to cite it out of the mouths of racist, imbecile losers like Antifa. Here is a black officer being called, again, you get ready for those of you with kids at home, um, a coon. You can tune back in now. It's, it's, <sighs> children shouldn't even hear these words. Yeah. And folks, by the way, for those of you on the left, can I just say something here? Because this always offends me. For, the, for those of you who send me emails, the liberals that listen to the show, you have my email. It's out there. It's on our website. It goes to me. We read it. For those of you who think this is some kind of shtick, like, oh, you virtue signaling. You don't know me. And believe me, you don't know Joe or my wife either. Nope. So save your stupid emails. We highlight this stuff because words like this, hate-filled, disgusting, racist, nonsense, like this isn't virtue. This is doing the right thing. I don't care if this came out of the mouth of, of anyone, right-wing, left-wing, conservative, liberal, communist, socialist, libertarian, I don't care. You're filth. I'm not your guy. You're not welcome on our show. Beat it. I don't care who says it. Here's the video of this racist Antifa filth calling this guy the word I just said. Check this out. Man. Look at look at this coon, yeah. she says. Now, let me say, look at this slob on the street with no job who's a professional s'mores roaster following a professional police officer working, by the way, for a decent but not never going to get rich salary, mm -hmm. putting his butt on the line to protect this slob on the street. Look at this. No, look at this slob. Slob. Antifa slobs. Losers. Lo complete degenerate losers disgusting human filth of the worst kind human filth a domestic terror group no questions asked do not tweet about them or facebook about them without clearly citing this is an anti-first amendment fascist group
They are not anti-fascist. They are the fascists. Yep. Pieces of garbage. This cop, this cop has kids. He's got a family. This is a professional patriot. You're calling him a... a, a, a yeah. Jerk wads. Bunch of complete losers. All right, let me get to this because I want, I gotta, I've got so much to cover today, yeah. including John Solomon again on Maria Bartiromo's absolutely terrific weekend show on Fox, Sunday Morning Futures, where if there's anyone in the media outside of, say, Hannity on Fox who is wired into this Spygate case, it's Maria Bartiromo on the weekend. She mm -hmm. knows exactly the questions to ask, and Solomon lit it on fire. All right, quickly, today's show brought to you by another great sponsor who's happy to be here, happy to talk to you. Lending Club, ladies and gentlemen, for decades, credit cards have been telling us, buy it now and pay later with interest. Listen, that doesn't work. Despite your best intentions, interest, as you know, can get out of control fast, causes a real problem for us. Here's the solution. With Lending, Cubby, with Lending Club, Lending Club, Lending Club, you can consolidate your debt or pay off credit cards with one, one fixed monthly payment. Makes it real easy. Since 2007, Lending Club has helped millions of people regain control of their finances with affordable fixed rate personal loans. No, trip to a no trips to a bank. No high interest credit cards. Just go to LendingClub.com. LendingClub.com slash Dan. LendingClub.com slash Dan. LendingClub.com slash Dan. Tell them about yourself, how much you want to borrow, pick the terms that are right for you. And if you're approved, get a load of this. Your loan is automatically deposited into your bank in as little as a few days. Lending Club is the number one peer-to-peer -peer lending platform with over $35 billion in loans issued. Go to LendingClub.com slash Dan. Check your rate in minutes. Borrow up to $40,000. That's LendingClub.com slash Dan. LendingClub.com slash Dan. All loans made by WebBank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Check out the club. It is worth your time. Okay. So I've got some killer video for you here. Uh, so John Solomon was on Maria Bartiromo's show this weekend, and he makes two key takeaway points about the Spygate debacle. Um, number one, which I'm going to play now, ladies and gentlemen, what's starting to become transparent now, and I believe what Senator Lindsey Graham was hinting at this weekend when Senator Lindsey Graham said that this IG report and the report being done by John Durham, the United States attorney, investigating this whole debacle, Joe, Lindsey Graham is is basically starting to filter out that America is going to be shocked at what it is now. Yeah, I, I, my my I'm asking you for forgiveness here because of a uh, kind of um half-heartedly because if you're a regular listener to the show Joe and I and how we do the show, a lot of this is anticlimactic because and I'm not patting myself on the back. I just you already know this. Yeah. We've been reporting on it for two years, yeah. but it's going to come out formally, and some of what you're going to see is going to shock you. Now, the first takeaway, and this is video number one from Maria Bartiromo's show, Hat Tip uh, Sunday Morning Futures. Great show. Can't recommend it enough. Ladies and gentlemen, let me sum up what you're about to hear. This was a political spying operation on the Trump team the whole time. In other words, what you witnessed with fusion, foreign intelligence people spying on the Trump team, the Nellie Orr information, the Steele information, the, the Sussman information, who was uh, over a, a prominent Democrat feeding information to James Baker at the FBI. What you witnessed, I want to be crystal clear, Devin Nunes has brought this up multiple times, was not 
an official intelligence investigation in the sense that the goal was to get to the bottom of some attempt to attack the United States, either it's elections or physically. Do you understand, Joe? Does this make sense? Oh, yeah. yeah what yeah. Solomon gets at here is this was a political hit job the whole time. And the efforts by the FBI and the Spygate plotters to make you believe this started on July 31st, 2016, and forget everything that happened earlier, are nothing more than an effort to hide all of their efforts to politically spy on the Trump team. Listen to this killer cut by Solomon with Maria Bartiromo, and we'll kind of summarize it again after it's over. Check this out. Your most recent uh, op-ed goes through this triangle of people that were feeding information into the FBI. Tell us about it. Absolutely. We used to have the Bermuda Triangle. Now we have the Fusion GPS Triangle. One corner, you got Christopher Steele, a British intelligence agent desperate to influence the election because he's desperate to defeat Trump. He's also being paid by Hillary Clinton. Then you've got Nellie the wife of a senior Justice Department official being paid by the same firm, Fusion GPS, on the same project to find Russia dirt on Trump. And then the last corner, you got Glenn Simpson, the founder of Fusion GPS and a contractor for Hillary Clinton. In the middle of those three is Bruce Orr, senior Justice Department official, taking highly uncorroborated, highly partisan, highly conflicted information and giving the FBI and Justice Department, and nobody saw a problem with that. All because they just didn't like him and they just didn't want him as president. So they decided to come up with a scheme to actually spy on American citizens. Do you think John Durham is aware of all of this? Where is that investigation today? That's a great question. I I think uh, Senator Graham did a good job of describing what the IG is doing. I am hearing that uh, John Durham and Bill Barr focused on the part before the FBI officially got started on July 31st, 2016, the period of March to July, and whether intelligence assets, Western, private, or U.S., were deployed in an earlier effort to start probing the Trump campaign and its Russia ties, maybe lay the breadcrumb trail of evidence that Christopher Steele then collected up and gave to the FBI. That's where I think uh, when you heard the term the other day from the attorney general, I believe there was political surveillance going on. I think that's what he's referring to. Oh, oh, (laughs) red flag on the field. There's a flag on the field. Holding 10 yards. Spygate conspirators. Repeat first down. Folks, there's so much. I had to cut that. I have another one in a second. I had to have Joe cut it up because there's so many nuggets in here. Uh, I was ashamed I missed it live. I had to catch it. uh, My wife and I had to go to church. Um, So we missed it live. But I always watch it on tape. I'm like, how did I miss this? This is amazing. Okay, he points out a couple things. Number one, he leaves the piece by saying, and it's always how you leave the segment that, that really leaves a mark, right? He leaves the piece by saying this was political surveillance. I was listening to a great podcast this weekend, Russ Roberts, uh, Econ Talk, and he was saying how Joseph Schumpeter's creative destruction about economics, how the term is always misinterpreted by the left because the last word you hear is destruction, destruction. and people always remember the last thing, but it should be destruction, you know, destructive creation, right? That's the same way here. Solomon knows how to leave these things off. This was political surveillance. Now, he calls it the the, uh, the triangle. He's like, well, we have the Bermuda Triangle. Now we have the Fusion GPS Triangle. And he points out three players, and he indicates how all of their motivations, ladies and gentlemen, keep in mind my setup I did before. Their motivations, this is your talking point for the day, because it's the point you need to take away from this, the data point that matters. All of their motivations were political. 
They were not in, in official intelligence gathering mode trying to prevent an attack. They were trying to take down an uh, um, opposition politician. Bingo. Let's go through them one by one. He mentioned, the, <laughs> yeah. yes, Bingo. he nailed it on that. Yeah, yeah, he did. There were three players. Player number one, he mentions, Christopher Steele. How do we know Christopher Steele's motivations were political? Uh, Joe, let me think about this. Damn. Okay, ruling on the field. Ruling on the field is Christopher Steele told everybody he his told motivations him. were political. Yeah. He told multiple people, yeah. Bruce Orr of the Department of Justice, Kathleen Kavalek at the State Department, that he was, quote, desperate to see Donald Trump not get elected. That his quote, not mine. He told them his motivations were political. He mentioned an election when he was talking about his motivations. In case you missed it, liberals, that happens to be a political event, not an intelligence event. Steele said this multiple times. He mentions another player in this out of his trifecta of stupidity. First, Steele, the second person he mentions is Glenn Simpson. Now, again, I'm going to ask you with the greatest of respect because I don't like to, I don't make too many asks of my audience. Please, please pick up my book. It is available for pre-order now. We put a lot of work into it. I just finished reading the audio, uh, which will be available on Audible. It's going to be great. Exonerated. It's available for pre-order now. It's coming out very shortly. we got about three weeks left. Please check it out. Available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and elsewhere. I talk about this in here. How Simpsons motivations were the movie script. Simpson, had, or they'd already done this, ladies and gentlemen. The yeah. book lays it out in detail. This attempt to attack political enemies by attaching them to Russia was a tried and true strategy. And the one guy who had a movie script already pre-prepared with the same players, Manafort, Furtash, all Oleg Deripaska, was Simpson, who had already written the movie script in 2007 in the Wall Street Journal. Well, you say, well, that doesn't prove Simpson's motivations were political. Ladies and gentlemen, who was paying Glenn Simpson? Hillary Clinton, oh! Donald Trump's political opponent. Yeah. Of course his motivations were political. Are you a knucklehead? And hopefully I'll get to this Chuck Russ tweet later. Well, I'll point out how it's funny how the FEC and others aren't investigating that. How Hillary Clinton basically laundered money through a law firm, which in turn paid Fusion GPS to hide the fact that they were paying them to rewrite the movie script with Donald Trump in it. Mm. Glenn Simpson already told this story about the Russians in 2007. If you read the article, the Wall Street Journal article we cite here often and I cite in a book, you'll be astonished the parallels to the Chris Steele dossier that Simpson paid for. It's the same story. Different players and a few details changed. Now, he mentions a third player as well, Bruce Orr. How do we know Orr's motivations were political? Because Orr tells handlers at the FBI that the information he's getting from Steele is from Steele and that Steele doesn't want to see Trump get elected. So Orr, instead of mm, canning, starts with an S, yeah. this information, instead of doing that, what does he do? He feeds it to an FBI handler they used to get a FISA warrant. Number one, point number two, why Orr's motivations are political. His wife, Nellie, is working for Fusion GPS. It's being paid by Hillary. Oh, whoa, Nellie. Their personal financial situation is greatly enhanced. Nellie and Bruce. Listen, the, 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 this is not Little House on the Prairie, these two, okay? <laughs> these two, their motivation is, you know, Don't remember? You this, these are not, they're not a pure heart. 
They're not like the. What was the dad's name? A little house. That guy was good. We should oh. love that show growing up. Do you My, remember what Michael, was his name? Uh, was Michael Landon was the guy that played it. I think. Yeah. Michael Landon was. Yeah, he was Paul. I remember Paul. Paul. Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. Yeah. These. This is not Little House on the Prairie. Their motivations aren't Michael Landon's. They're not pure. <laughs> Bruce and Nelly are making money off a politician paying them to attack Donald Trump. Nelly Orr is not ga- engaging in a, in a sophisticated intelligence operation. There are so many takeaways. The third takeaway here. So we have number one, it was political spying. Number two, there's a trifecta of stupids here who all have political motivations, who are feeding information to the FBI to spy on Trump for political reasons. The third takeaway. Again, forgive me for bringing this up again, but the story gets so big and out of control sometimes, we forget the takeaway. This was politics, not intel, and we roped in a bunch of players to advance the political narrative, and we faked it as intel. CNN piece from a while ago. Check this out, the title of this piece. I cite it all the time. You can see UK intelligence partners, in other words, friendlies, were passing intel to the Trump, uh, the Obama administration. Excuse me. CNN Politics, April 14th, 2017. CNN. This isn't some right wing outlet. British intelligence passed Trump Associates communications with Russians onto U.S. counterparts. CNN is reporting what we already know. How does this fit in to the John Solomon video piece we just played? Solomon mentions another takeaway. You can rewind it and watch it again if you need to. Solomon says at one point that the investigators looking into this now, United States Attorney John Durham and Horowitz, are looking at the period of March to July. Joe, how's that possible? Hmm. How, are they, how could they be looking at March to July? We've been told repeatedly by the FBI and others, nothing happened then. That the case started when, Joe? July yeah. 31st, 2016. Yeah. They've told us this repeatedly. Don't look at anything before there. The case started in July. We've had we've had uh, lunatics like Chris Saliza at CNN, who's wrong so often. I don't know how he still has a job. Who who questioned on Twitter? These right wing nuts. The case started on July thirty first with a tip about George Papadopoulos. Huh? Okay. Well, what? why then are we looking at the period of March to July? Because that's what gaslighting liar lunatics like Saliza want you to believe. Because the real dirty work. What do they call it? The wet work? The real wet work uh, started March to July. Yeah. Where they tried to kill off a political campaign. Ladies and gentlemen, what was happening in March to July? Well, what was happening was what I just showed you, what CNN actually reported on. There were transfers of intel from foreign governments being transferred in the United States to bypass U.S. restrictions on spying on political campaigns and U.S. citizens. You may say, well, Dan, if they were spying on him, what happened? Ladies and gentlemen, what happened is nothing. The information being given was a bunch of hogwash. That's why they had to move on to the Fusion GPS movie script. Is this... Audience Ombudsman Joseph, is this making sense? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah but you got to remember, I've heard this Foreign, a number of times. Yeah, okay. I know, yeah, I go. You're probably a poor Ombudsman. I, you've I heard it so be. many times, it yeah. probably instinctively makes sense. But Paula, get, yell in here if this doesn't make sense. So here's what's going on. Let me just walk this through you very simple. The Obama administration wants the Trump team and others gone. They can't spy on Trump because he's a U.S. citizen. He's done nothing wrong. Or his team. What do they do? They wink and a nod. Well, we can't spy on them, but you in the UK can. Ah. You, our other foreign intel partners, Australians, you guys can help us out. 
They start feeding information about conversations happening between the Trump team and people connected to Russia. What's the problem, ladies and gentlemen? Nothing. There is no, none of these conversations are illegal. None of it. How do we know? Because nobody's been arrested for any of it or charged with any crime. So, of course, the Obama administration, instead of saying, okay, guys, let's let this go. It's a bad idea. They're not doing anything wrong. Of course, what do they do then? They double down. They go, well, if we can't get from foreign officials information to indict and arrest these guys and spy on them, we'll just make it up. Here's our guy, Glenn Simpson. He wrote a story in 2007 about this scandal. And some of the people on the Trump team, like Paul Manafort, are now in that 2007 piece. Let's get Glenn Simpson to uh, give us the information and he can get it to the FBI. Well, Glenn Simpson is a reporter, though. The FBI is not going to take his information seriously, Joe, especially if they find out he's working for Hillary. So what do we do now? Eureka, I've got an idea. Let's go hire Christopher Steele, who was a British spy working on the Russia desk, who has credibility with the FBI. Let's write up a dossier and let's have Steele give the information to the FBI because the dossier and the Steele information is not the same thing, folks. Steele's clearly feeding information to Brennan at some point. That's why Brennan says, I didn't see the dossier until December. He's probably not lying. What he doesn't say is, yeah. I have no information from Steele prior to December. Right. It's not the same thing. Steele's feeding information to the FBI and the CIA, and Steele has the credibility the FBI needs to go in front of a judge and swear, hey, look, we got it from a legit source. You dig? This was a political operation. Now, one final point on the CNN piece. You may say, why did CNN report this, Dan? Why would CNN in April of 2017, basically blow up the fact that the Obama administration was engaged in the biggest spying scandal in United States history. Folks, because CNN thought the collusion hoax was real. I'm telling you, they thought this was real. Follow me. They got worked. They wrote this story thinking, yeah, they got worked. Yeah. Oh, there's a flag on the they, field. It's more laundry on the field. They got worked. Yeah. Everybody's feeding to CNN. Their Democrat sources, their FBI sources. Trump colluded with the Russians. All of this based on a hoax dossier, a total hoax. CNN writes this story to hit Trump and to hurt him. They write the story, Joe, to give a patina of truth mm -hmm. To put mm -hmm. titanium in the spine of the story. Huh. Look, CNN's got a story that even foreign intel partners knew about the collusion. Yep. What's the problem? The collusion story is later entirely, completely discredited. It was a hoax. But the CNN article, ladies and gentlemen, to this day has not been retracted because they can't. They can't retract it. <laughs> they thought they were helping the Democrats, not hurting them. Mm -hmm. Look, even foreign intel knows about this collusion. They didn't realize what the headline really says is Obama spied on Trump, circumvented U.S. laws by using foreign partners. Ooh. That story Ooh. is still up Ooh. because they can't take it down Ooh. without massive egg on the face. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Okay. So uh, video audio number two from Solomon. This is important because, again, you've known this forever. So... Ladies and gentlemen, when they had a move from using foreign intel that turned out to be hooey, nothing, 
The UK says this guy was on the phone with a Russian. Was it illegal? No. Were they spying? No. Okay, well, what do we do now? Let's go to Glenn Simpson. When the Glenn Simpson movie script angle and the dossier isn't panning out the way they think it is, they need more. They need more evidence to get over a probable cause hurdle to swear that they have enough probable cause to spy on the Trump team. So they move from a foreign spying operation to the Glenn Simpson movie script to Christopher Steele being a front for the Glenn Simpson movie script to now we need a little bit of icing on the cake. I got an idea. Let's move on to entrapment where we try to set up Trump team members. Let's tell this guy, Mifsud, Joseph Mifsud, this professor, to contact members of the Trump team and pass off information about the Russians having emails on Hillary. Now, the Democrat narrative is Mifsud was working with the Russians. But that's not what Johnny Solomon, who knows the whole story, says here. Check this out. And this is all we know that there were informants thrown at certain Trump campaign people like George Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos has been on this program and he told me directly on this show that Mifsud was the guy that they wanted him to meet in Italy. He had this job at the Center for Law, uh, International right. Law, and they said, oh, don't quit yet to go work for Trump. We want to send you to Rome. We want you to meet Mr. Joseph Mifsud. That is the individual who told him Russia has emails of Hillary Clinton. Why is that important, John? Well, uh, I interviewed uh, Mr. Mifsud's lawyer the other day, Stefan Rowe, and he told me, and he also provided some deposition evidence to both Congress and myself, that his client was being directed, had long worked with Western intelligence, and he was being directed specifically, he was asked to connect uh, George Papadopoulos to Russia, meaning it was an operation, some form of an intelligence operation. That was the lawyer's own words for this. If that's the case, that means that the flashpoint that started the whole investigation was in fact manufactured from the beginning. <laughs> Paula, how long have we been saying street card Stella, Stella, <laughs> Paula, uh, how long have we been saying this? How long? Uh. Listen, Solomon is one of the finest reporters in the business. He just nails it. Folks, Mifsud's lawyer provided under oath deposition evidence that Mifsud was working for friendlies. Friendlies. You mean the same friendlies that were spying on Trump for the Obama team? Um, mm, mm. We'll see. <laughs> Doesn't look good for the leftist narrative, folks. It was a setup. Why was it a setup? Because their first plan of attack, probing the NSA database using foreign intel partners, came up with nothing. They were spying on the Trump team using every sophisticated surveillance tool on the planet, including foreign partners, to circumvent U.S. law. What did they get? Goose egg. Zero. Then they move on to, hey, this guy Glenn Simpson's written about Manafort in the past. He's got this movie script about Russians influencing politics. Let's go to him. They pay him. Simpson needs a front for his report that's credible with the FBI. Let's get Christopher Steele. He worked with the FBI. Steele puts together a dossier, tells the same movie script story, changes a few details, feeds it to the FBI. Bruce Orr and others acknowledges it's all political. That doesn't work out either. So now they have to do the hardcore entrapment scheme and set them up. They move operate operators, Halper and Mifsud, to contact the Trump team and try to set them up. Hey, look, the Russians have this. Are you interested? Uh, uh, wink and a nod. You interested? Uh, we can, they should, it was a fraud alert thing. Fraud alert. Fraud. I wish I could have shown this to Papadopoulos at the time. A fraud alert bib. 
They, what, that's what happened. These guys were total frauds. They were setup artists. Halper and Masood. And now it's all coming out. It was a scam the whole time. They pushed the information into the Trump team through Papadopoulos and others and tried to pull it out later to make them look like intermediaries in a Russian information peddling scam about Hillary and the DNC's emails when it was a setup the whole time. Biggest scandal in U.S. history. All right, I got one final video of Brennan. I want to hat tip conservative treehouse for pointing this out. I read a piece where they, and it's, this is good because I had forgotten about this as well. Because there's a, another leftist fairy tale you know, liberal police staters, Joe, is that, oh, the Obama administration, well, they didn't know Obama. Obama's the golden calf for them. You know, they genuflect in front of him. Obama didn't know. He's pure of heart, Obama. Really? <laughs> so I got this video coming up in a second that's going to debunk that nonsense, conclude, you could put that baby to bed right now. All right, our last sponsor of the day, but another great one, My Patriot Supply. Listen, when you hear the word prepper, what comes to mind? You're like, oh my gosh, these Hollywood elitist snobs are like, you're a bunch of paranoid freaks. Really? Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> I live in a hurricane zone. I've seen some pretty nasty stuff down here. Yeah. You are uh, uh, The paranoid freaks are the idiots who aren't preparing. Folks, is it paranoid to insure your house? Is it paranoid to insure your car? Listen, thank God the likelihood of something happening to your home and your car is very small, but we insure them anyway. Why? Because it would be catastrophic if we lost them. How do you not insure your food supply? It's insane. I'm all we're asking with my Patriot supplies. You get a basic food emergency plan with their emergency food at last 25 years in storage. You can order now at preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. Think about it. When was the last time a natural disaster like an earthquake gave you a warning? A tornado asked for permission or a power outage made some kind of appointment. It doesn't happen. Don't be caught without an emergency food supply. It's, it's, it makes no sense. These things always happen at the last minute. The grocery stores are empty. All of a sudden, you're left without food. Think about looking at your kids going, oh, mommy and daddy don't have any food. No good. I have tons of this stuff. Thankfully, preparedness has evolved and leading the way are good people at My Patriot Spy. I bought this. I can get this stuff free from them. I buy it. I'm not kidding. I bought, an, uh, I bought a lot of it. Bought it. I'm always making up new words. Boughton, <laughs> from emergency right. food storage to water filtration to survival essentials, My Patriot Supply stocks the items you need to survive a disaster. So you can be ahead of the mob and have peace of mind. We've all been caught off guard. Don't let it happen to you. Go online uh, and check it out at preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. Preparewithdan.com. Check it out today. Yeah. They have tons of good stuff over there. Get prepared. Get your food supply. Ensure your food supply. Okay. All right. Again, leftist myth. The White House didn't know anything. Obama. Obama. We love Obama. Obama was so great and wonderful. He's so pleasant. This guy couldn't have possibly done anything wrong. Well, folks, we already know that FBI investigator Peter Stroke, who was involved in the illicit operation to spy on Donald Trump and his girlfriend, Lisa Page, the FBI lawyer he was having an affair with. We already know that they tweeted each other in that August to October period where they're putting together the FISA warrant to spy on Trump because mm -hmm. there are other operations, the entrapment operation and the foreign spying broke down. Excuse me. We already have these two texts. They texted each other. POTUS wants to know everything we're doing. That stands for president of the United States. What do you think they were talking about? Bocce ball? Their weekend outings? Their movie night on Friday night. These two POTUS wants to know everything. You think they're talking about what? 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 what the, the review of the newest X Men movie. Erroneous. Wants to know everything. Erroneous <laughs> is right, Vince. POTUS wants to know everything they're doing. What were they doing? Well, they were doing a lot, but 
which professionally, I'm sure that's not what POTUS was asking about. They were working on the Trump case. Second text, the White House is running this. Okay, running what? Oh. What, running a lemonade stand on the corner strokes house? Oh. Now you may say, well, we don't really know what they were talking. It's amazing how uncurious reporters are about these two texts, Joe. It is. But they're they're endlessly yeah. curious about a collusion hoax that's based on a fake dossier. It's been debunked 25,000 <laughs> different ways from Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> They believe that, yeah. but they don't. No, no, no. These texts could mean anything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. Nice work. J- journalism. Here's a video again. Hat tip conservative treehouse guys who had this on their um, on their feed. Here is John Brennan testifying in, in front of Congress in 2017, talking about a brief he gives to the intelligence members, the Gang of Eight up on Capitol Hill about this case. Notice what he says about who he did this brief in conjunction with, check this out. Through the so-called Gang of Eight process, we kept Congress apprised of these issues as we identified them. Again, in consultation with the White House, I personally briefed the full details of our understanding of Russian attempts to interfere in the election to congressional leadership, specifically Senators Harry Reid, Mitch McConnell, Dianne Feinstein, and Richard Burr, and to Representatives Paul Ryan, Nancy Pelosi, Devin Nunes, and Adam Schiff between 11 August and 6 September. Oh, Oh, you did it in, excuse me, in consultation with the White House. Oh, oh. Again, media folks, don't worry. No investigation here. We, we know you don't. Do, I, I listen, the journalism died 50, 60 years ago. Um, we get that. But again, it is amazing how people who call themselves reporters and journalists are fundamentally not curious about the biggest scandal of our time and overwhelming evidence that the Obama administration White House was involved in a detailed, sophisticated political spying operation on the Trump team. The evidence is everywhere. POTUS wants to know everything we're doing. The White House is running this. John Brennan, I briefed them in consultation with the White House. You may say, okay, Dan, I I know the reporters, alleged reporters listening who don't actually do journalism are like, Well, we don't know. Uh, You cut that clip. What was he briefing them in consultation with? Well, the August briefing he gives to the Gang of Eight about this scenario contains information only contained in the dossier or from Steele's mouth. How do we know that? Because just a couple days after that briefing, Harry Reid, one of the people Brennan briefed in consultation with the White House, Harry Reid writes a letter to the FBI demanding an investigation and includes the ridiculous, now entirely discredited allegation in the letter that Carter Page took a bribe from a Russian gas company worth hundreds of millions of dollars. A completely fabricated nonsense charge. Carter Page has never been charged with that. It is made up and fabricated. It was thrown in the dossier because bribery is a crime and they needed a criminal nexus to get a FISA warrant to spy on Page to use the two hop rule to hop from Page to others to the Trump team so they can surveil the entire Trump team network. He says it. Brennan's words. I briefed. He basically briefed Steele's information to the intel community, which then wrote a letter, Harry Reid, demanding the FBI investigate Trump for debunked Christopher Steele junk information that was political in nature. How do we know that? Again, because the charge Harry Reid includes in the letter is only from Steele. So Steele is briefing Brennan's CIA that he then briefs in consultation with the White House to Capitol Hill. Again, uh, uh, media types, don't worry. There's nothing to see here. 
You total losers. You had one job in the media. One job. Get the facts right. That's the only job you have. You're not opinion people, and you have blown it every single step of the way. Can't say this enough. Read my second book on this exonerate. It's going to open your eyes. It is a perfect addendum to Spygate, my first book. It tells it more of a, it tells the story in more of a longitudinal narrative fashion. It's the greatest spy story ever told, except it's a spy story run by idiots. Spygate was written more like a police file. This is written in more of a narrative format. Spygate, you can jump from chapter to chapter. This one reads straight through. Disappointing, folks. Mm. All right, I've got other news. I had so much this weekend. I'm going to filter it into tomorrow. I've got yeah. so many great stories. Um, the pundit fact uh, blows it again. These pundit fact, politifact, ladies and gentlemen, these fact checkers, are, are they're in my bet noir. I can't stand them. I hate them because, uh, I shouldn't say hey, that's a strong word. I strongly dislike them. I always <laughs> tell my daughter not to say that. But, you know, it's just not nice. But I strongly dislike what they're doing because they're not fact checkers, folks. Here's the latest where they just completely blow it. Uh, pundit fact by Tom Kircher. Trump back ex-pitcher Kurt Schilling misleads saying self-defense gun, self-defense gun use stops 2.5 million crimes. Now, what's fascinating um, is that pundit fact, uh, politifact, I'm pretty sure they didn't check Beto O'Rourke's ridiculous tweet this weekend, uh, or excuse me, speech this weekend, where he said the United States is a racist country. We're still racist today. Um, that's a pretty outrageous charge. Here's a tweet by Beto. Our country was founded on racism and is still racist today. In Arkansas, I said why well, I believe there's no denying this reality and why it's on all of us to change it. Uh. Clearly an outrageous, hyperbolic, anti-American, uh, moron thing to say by the worst candidate in a field full of fools on the Democrat side, Beto. Interesting how they didn't fact check that and look at the actual data of racism in the United States, which has dropped so dramatically that racists are so isolated now that you would be laughed out of the public conversation if you were ever to speak like Antifa speaks in front of other people, the known oh. racist anti-First Amendment group. Um, that Thankfully, that's racism, which still exists, but is isolated yeah. to pockets of insanity that you are not accepted in any polite conversation anywhere anymore. But we're still a racist country. But politifact, pundit fact, they won't touch that stuff. So what do they do? They harp on Kurt Schilling, who is a pitcher for the Red Sox and the Diamondbacks. I know Kurt, uh, full disclosure. And the Orioles. But Kurt had tweeted uh, this. What's that? And the Orioles. Yeah, he was here. Did he? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. You know what? You know what? Good pull, but I totally forgot yeah, that. Man. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Schilling. He's at Gehrig38. So Katie Thulin, who I know on Twitter, she's at Katie121, tweeted, you mean to tell me law-abiding responsible gun owner actually did stop crime? Well, butter my butt and call biscuit. <laughs> An interesting tweet by Katie there. Uh, Kurt basically <laughs> says about this defensive use of firearms, happens 2.5 million times a year per the CDC. Now, to be fair, Kurt gets the citation wrong. It wasn't the CDC. But instead of pundit fact saying, well... There is some data to back up what Schilling said, even though the citation is wrong. They rate his claim as mostly false. So we did a little homework this weekend based on Pundit Fact's own citations in the piece. And we found this 1995 study, more than credible study. Uh, here it's put up the, uh, the the title of the study. I, by the way, this will be in the show notes with a bunch of other uh, uh, excuse me, terrific articles at Bongino.com. Subscribe to my email. We'll send you this stuff every day. But I want you to check out this study. The Journal of Criminal Law and Criminology. 
Arm Resistance to Crime, The Prevalence and Nature of Self-Defense with a Gun by Gary Kleck and Mark Gertz. Now, the study is from 1995, to be fair, but Kurt's data is not wrong. Kurt didn't say this is recent data. He just made the claim that happens about 2.5 million times a year. So instead of providing some actual fact checking, saying, well, Kurt's data is not exactly wrong, but it may be it may be a little dated. It may not be. There's, that's the study. I want you to show what I want to show you what the study actually says. Can we can we can debunk these fact checking nonsense liberals who have an agenda? Check this out from the actual study. The most technically sound estimates presented in this table are those based on a shorter one-year recall period that relies on the subject's first-hand accounts of their own experiences. These estimates appear in the first two columns. Listen, folks. They indicate that each year in the U.S., there are about 2.2 to 2.5 million defensive uses of firearms of all types by civilians against humans, with about 1.5 to 1.9 million of the incidents involving use of handguns. So, ladies and gentlemen, Kurt's number is exactly right. Mm. But again, PolitiFact, who is not a fact checker, this is a liberal activist group telling you a story, not telling you the facts, can't have any of that be correct. Let's not focus on that. Here's another winner. Let's not focus on on Friday's show. Remember on Friday's show, Joe, we played the video of Elizabeth Warren doubling yeah. down now on her claim that Michael Brown and Ferguson was murdered, right. yeah. despite the fact it is categorically false. Murder is a, you're talking, homicide is a legal term for an unauthorized killing of a human being. Michael Brown was shot to death by a police officer. Mm -hmm. The Department of Justice studied the incident and deemed the use of force appropriate based on Brown's actions. It was not a murder. Elizabeth Warren keeps saying this because she's desperate for votes to rile up the liberal base and because she's, she's a liar. She's just a straight up liar. Where's pundit fact on that one? Obama's Justice Department deemed what Elizabeth Warren said to be false. They did their own study. Nowhere, Joe, because that doesn't fit their narrative. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, liberals lie. And just to clear up something, I said last week, and I always appreciate your feedback, even the negative stuff, because you all are very nice, even when you're like, Dan, you know, I love your show, but with all due respect, you don't have any. I mean, I appreciate that. It's very nice. I don't mind the negative feedback. But a couple of you emailed me and said, You know, Dan, last week, you basically said liberals are the worst, they're awful people, and you're feeding into your own narrative where you say that the difference between us and liberals are, and I stick to this to this day, we as conservatives think liberals are people with bad ideas, and we argue that way. Mm -hmm. Liberals think we're just bad people with ideas. In other words, they don't care about our ideas, they just think we're awful. Mm -hmm. I racist, misogynist, that's it, that's their whole argument. Well, you're a racist. That's their argument to everything. He said, well, by calling liberals really awful people, aren't you feeding into that? No, no. I want to be clear. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know this. Joe, come on. Vouch for me yeah, here on this yeah. one. I'm glad you're saying How this. How often yeah. do we say we are not talking about all Democrats? Often. I'm not. I all the time. I have friends who are Democrats. I have neighbors who are yeah. Democrats. I'm not saying that. The overwhelming majority of Democrats, I'm telling you this, are patriotic people who candidly have just bad ideas their ideas don't it's not that they you know some of them i don't agree with them on the firearm issue at all but i don't believe that a lot of the democrats not the radical liberal nuts i'm talking about i you know they see these instances and they they, they they're just misinformed folks they think gun control works there's no such thing as gun control it's only people control it doesn't work they just don't know and it's our job to debate them mm. radical far left is just hate you 
They are, and I stick to it, just plain awful people. They're bad people. They just hate you. They lie to you all the time. I had four or five of these stories today. But in the interest of time, I want to get to one last one by the Wall Street Journal. Mm. Wall Street Journal piece. There's a liberal lawsuit out there by states trying to sue. I'm going to make this part of it quick because it's not really a takeaway. But here's a piece in the Wall Street Journal by the editorial board, August 16, 2019. A kamikaze climate suit. Democrat states are suing the EPA and it could hurt their own emissions cause. The bottom line is this. The Obama administration instituted this massive regulation of carbon dioxide plan that would have forced the states to shut down most of significant portions of their power grid. The Trump administration repealed a lot of this uh, nonsense. The courts blocked it. Liberals are now suing. They basically want the states to be forced into a one size fits all energy plan. The problem is they're probably going to lose this lawsuit. And if they do, it's going to significantly damage the EPA's ability to regulate carbon dioxide, which Joe would do damage to the entire liberal agenda. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Now, putting that aside for a minute, okay. because the takeaway from the piece is not forget the lawsuit stuff and the machinations of that for a moment. The important takeaway of the piece is that liberals lie to you all the time, all the time to advance an agenda, like the PolitiFact people. There's no evidence of that 2.5 million. Actually, there's a study saying that. Here's the problem. The United States is leading the world in the reduction in the emissions of CO2, Joe, and where liberals are in charge, the problem is getting worse, not better. Check out this portion (laughs) of the Wall Street Journal piece. Again, because we do facts and data here, liberals lie all the time. Quote from the piece, also note that energy-related CO2 emissions declined by 14%, declined by 14%, declined by 14% in the United States from 2005 to 2017, while increasing 21% globally. Yes, I read that right. Now, get a load of this one. Most of the U.S. reduction was due to natural gas replacing coal. Carbon dioxide emissions, this is crazy, fell five times more in Ohio and four times more in Pennsylvania between 2006 and 2016 than in California, which had long banished coal. Oh, how about that? <laughs> how about that? Twib notes. How about that? Yeah, twib notes. My gosh. What do you even do facts? So liberal California, which we, we're going to banish coal. The emissions, the decrease in CO2 emissions is going at a slower rate than it's going in Ohio and Pennsylvania states that voted for Trump. That don't have these, uh. these restrictive uh, anti-energy, anti-coal laws. Folks, again, I, we're just doing facts. CO2 emissions are going down in the United States. They've been going down since before Obama got in office. That's what capitalism does. It's the rest of the world that's contributing to the CO2 emissions. And by the way, CO2 is not a poison. Carbon dioxide is a gas you expel from your lungs. You inhale oxygen, you use oxygen, you exhale carbon dioxide as as a byproduct of respiration, which plants then use and plants take in. Plants love it. And and their respiration process and emit oxygen. This isn't hard. It's not a waste product. It's not a waste product, carbon dioxide. You get more carbon dioxide, you get more plants. Liberals, I know this is hard. It's like oxygen for plants. Make sense? Hmm. 
Now you see why they're awful people. Again, I'm not talking about all Democrats. I say that on Fox, that caveat in there all the time. Liberals say that about all of us. Republicans, conservatives, libertarians, you are racist. I'm not doing that. I'm telling you there's a pocket of the Democrat Party that's growing that is full of nutbag liar losers, which I placed the Antifa, anti-First Amendment racists in there too. And they lie all the time. That was a good show today. I know yes. self-praise stinks, but I really enjoyed that. I did too. Even yeah. though we only slept like two hours last night. <laughs> Crazy. The middle of the night. And Paula knows I hate that. Since we've been in this house, we've been here four years. My smoke detectors Dude. are 0 for 5 at detecting fires and 5 and 0 for waking me up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we all need smoke detectors, but change your batteries because my system is completely busted. I got to fix this thing. It's driving me crazy. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please, please, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. Subscribe to our audio podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. It's all free. And please pick up my book. It's coming out very, very soon now. Exonerated, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. It's available now. Check it out. It will tell you the whole movie script story in a way I promise you've never heard before. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.